Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Stevenson. And I am Mark Vila, and today we're talking about working on your business instead of in your business. And that's that's really important, so I, w- I want to just say that, that title one more time. It's working on your business, not in your business. And this was kind of inspired, actually it was directly inspired, by uh, a book by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth uh, and The E-Myth Revisited. And it's a book that I read probably 10 or 15 years ago at its first publishing, and he keeps updating it and coming out with new versions, uh, and I read it every time because it's just got a great perspective on starting a new business. Yeah, and, and I ha- had not read the book yet. I had actually seen uh, an article that was uh, summarizing the book, and then I'd watched a video, and then I went on, and then that on YouTube linked to him speaking about right. this, and probably three hundred videos. Uh, so I looked at a couple of those, and uh, and then I and that's when I. I mentioned it to Mark. I said, hey, do you know about this? And you're right. like, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, I actually <laughs> recommended the book like two weeks ago on the on the uh, Custom Apparel Startups Facebook group and, uh, and got a good response. I hope a couple of you out there listening have already read it so can appreciate this, this podcast. What we're going to do is kind of try to break this multi-revision, decades-old idea and well-thought-out and researched book into about 30 minutes of Mark and I talking over the, to a microphone and to you guys. So maybe we can adapt these concepts and, uh, and strategies to the custom apparel business. Yeah, that sounds great. And I think, so the first thing we need to start with is um, what he describes as the E-myth. Yeah, what is the E-myth? No, what you, is you the do E-myth? It. Okay, so first of all, uh, it has nothing to do with E-mail or electronic anything, which is the first time I saw it. I was like, yeah. is this some sort of... Like you know, is it a myth thing? about yeah <laughs> some some kind of technology? But it's the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial myth. myth, right? Okay, so the myth is that the myth is that most businesses are started by entrepreneurs, when in fact they're not. Uh, most businesses are started what he refers to as technicians or the people who enjoy doing the hands-on work. Right. So uh, some good examples would be if you are out there in the world and you are a home embroiderer that's looking to get into the commercial embroidery business, it's not because you dream of starting a, a multi-state, multinational embroidery empire. It's because you really like the act of doing embroidery and the way it makes people feel and when you give them stuff and you like the look and you like the activity um, and you think you can do that for a living. Yeah, and, and most businesses, it's not the fourth or fifth or sixth you know, serial entrepreneurial business they've started, most small businesses are people who really like doing something or are really good at doing something, hopefully both. Yes. And they say, uh, I can charge for this and make money for and, and do something that I'm good at and I like. Yeah, or you're an employee. Let's say you work for a, you know, a cafe press or a Zazzle, Zazzle and you run direct garment printers all day and you, you know how to do it. You know how to do the artwork. You know how to do the printing. So you think, hey, you know, why am I wasting all my expertise? I know so much more about the stuff that my boss or the owner does. I think I'll just start my own business 
And so the perspective is from most people starting a business, as the EMS states, is that they're going to just be doing that activity and will be successful. Yeah, that, that um, almost all new business owners assume that because they understand the work and the technical work, you know, they're a technician, and because they're great at it, they assume that they're going to understand how to run it as a business, which are two completely different concepts. It, it is, and it even applies to somebody that is just looking at it. So, for example, if you are a, a crafty kind of a person or you're involved in sports and, and it's kind of a combination of those two things, you might look at rhinestone T-shirts and say, hey, I would really enjoy making rhinestone T-shirts. And that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to make rhinestone T-shirts as opposed to somebody that says, you know what, I don't want to make rhinestone t-shirts. I want to get rich by selling people rhinestone t-shirts. Yeah. You know, it's definitely two different ideas. Yeah, and, and most people that you know we run into here, and probably most people listening to, to would say, when I sold equipment, people would say, um, you know, I think those, those bling shirts are cool. Um, yeah. I like them. I know a lot of people that like them. Like, I'm a crafty type of person. I like artwork. I like creating things. Um, I want to run this as a business. I can make money, you know, doing it because I like it. And, and you probably can. I mean, there are most of our customers are probably people that like doing what they're doing, and they just want to do enough to to make a little money. You know, they they don't have plans for for growth and expansion and you know getting rich. So besides the technician, then that what else is a business? Well, there, the, he breaks it down into three different parts or three different people or personalities that every business needs. And uh, one is a technician, of course. The other one is a manager. And the last one is an entrepreneur. So the way that he defined that was, is the entrepreneur, that's the vision. That's the long-term thought of like, this is the business. This is what it's going to do. This is what it's going to be. Yeah. Then the manager is the system. The He's the one that makes it work. Yeah, the one that makes it work. So, so make sure orders are get fulfilled and that customers get what they need. You know, that's the manager. And the, the, even if this is all one person, these are parts of the system. Um, and then the technician provides the output. So the technician physically provides the printed T-shirt. Yeah. So how can we relate that that to uh, to the custom T-shirt business? So you know, maybe the entrepreneur is the guy that. Um, he envisions himself getting a DTG printer and having a, a brand new brand. Like he's going to be the next FUBU yeah. or, you know, he's going to be the next, you know, outdoor wear superstar. Just, and it's just going to be everywhere. And he doesn't really know how he's going to do it. But he's got this great idea and he's got the vision for what he wants things to be and he's going for it. Yeah, and, and the same person... Because oftentimes, you know, you are all three. The same person says, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to get a printer. I've got this this area in the back of my house or in my garage. I can take orders in there. I've got a work table. So I can, I can fulfill orders there. I can stack them here. I can get some boxes. I can put, you know, they think of how they can do it. Right. And uh, the, the, the manager would be kind of the guy that, or the, or the woman that's, that talks to that entrepreneur you know, who's got those ideas and says, uh, well, I mean, where the heck are you going to buy the T-shirts? You know, how are you going to ship all those all those products? Mm -hmm. You know, where are you going to put all the equipment? You know, how is that 
How are you going to get everything from you to the post office to ship? What shipping company are you going to use? That is kind of that space managing, supply managing manager. Yeah, and, and then and then it finishes with the third one, which is the technician. Well, how does the printer work? What you know, what ink does it use? How do I how do I cure the ink? Does it wash well? All the things that are part of the training on using the machine. Every question we get during any one of our live webinars. Yeah, yeah, yeah is is what those technician questions are. How do I do it? You know, how much time am I going to spend do it, doing it? Is it hard? Is it easy? Um, am I going to be able to run the software? You know, uh, things like that are definitely the technician side. And, and then what, so what uh, Gerber here says is that the, uh, the business builder, which in, in theory is you, you know, listening, um, or, or was you in, in the past, is, is all three of those things but broken down into the wrong percentages. Right, and the, the, those percentages are? are um, he says that, generally speaking, you're 10% entrepreneur, 20% manager, and 70% technician. And I, I would just have to say, because I've been through this process myself, and, and you're forced into the 20% manager. Mm-hmm. You know, most yeah. people are technicians, and the only reason that the 20% manager comes out is because uh, because something catches fire, or uh, a product comes back, you know, in shipment, or you can't figure out how to fix your website. You know that that whole kind of manager thing is is self defense. Yeah, that, that's what I would say. Yeah, no, that's very true. Is that where where an issue comes, you you have to solve it immediately, uh, and then you solve it, and then now you develop this new system. Right. So where you say, well, I'm not going to keep shirts on the floor anymore because when it rains in my garage. Water comes in. You know, That's something that, like don't that. mention garage. We've had some customer, a couple of customers right now that are having problems from their business in their garage. Yeah. So, um, so entrepreneur, manager, and technician. And the point is, is that you're already all three of these things. Mm-hmm. You you had the entrepreneurial vision to figure out that you wanted to do a business, whether it's from home or you know you want to get a retail space or you know just go into kind of an industrial shop. You're the manager because you know you ordered the equipment or you're going to order the equipment. And you're at least going to figure out where you're going to get the blank shirts and where you're going to order ink and, and all of that stuff. And you're the technician because when you look around the room and you're the only one that's in it, you're the one that's going to be doing the orders. Yeah. Okay. But what's the ideal? What does he talk about so as the ideal? He says the ideal is a perfect being a perfect mix of all three, that a very good business builder is 33% entrepreneur, 33% manager, and 33% technician. And then there's an extra 1% that he doesn't say. Right. So we have to figure out what that is. I think he just rounded down, man. I don't think... Uh, maybe he didn't have a manager no, or a I technician. I prefer that there's some sort of mystery behind it. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, and the, the good news is, is that there are some steps that you can take, even though you are the typical 70% technician or more. Mm-hmm. Um, there are steps you can take, and that's what the rest of the book is about, and that's some of the things that we're going to talk about, uh, that will get you to that ideal mix of entrepreneur, manager, and technician, and allow you to work. Now maybe you can understand a little bit more about working on your business instead of in your business. In your business is the technician. On your business is the entrepreneur and the manager. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the way that he describes it is is through the phases of growth. Right. Because in the beginning, in the very, very beginning, when you first start, what he describes as the infancy, 
the technician is the business. So that's why you that's why you're 70% technician is because that is the business is that you're an embroiderer and nothing happens unless you embroider. If you're not working then no money is being yeah, made. Yeah, exactly. So that um, however eventually you will you'll step out of that infancy. So you can't juggle everything anymore. You right. don't have the either you don't have the ability to or you're getting tired of it. One or one or one or the two. And or this, both. this happens recently. As a matter of fact, I had a uh, we've got a great success story on the Coldessi site um, called Under Undercover Bling, and uh, it's up there and it's undercover because we had a a couple a retired couple buy a pro spangle machine at a show in Nashville. And a mm-hmm. pro spangle, by the way, it's a bling machine that makes like a sequin kind of kind of bling that looks great. It's really popular. But she quickly got to the point within six or eight months of having the Pro Spangle machine that she did not want any more business. Mm-hmm. She was full. Her and her husband were supposed to be retired. And they, they did embroidery as well. They were so busy that, that you know, they, they made one of those decisions that Mark is going to talk about in, in just a minute, and that's not to take any more customers. Because they got to that point of, whether to grow or not. Yeah, because you're in your infancy, so what happens is is you've got, say, that pro spangle unit, and you start selling. And now you're talking to customers, you're delivering to the customer, you're creating the artwork, you're producing it, yes. you're ordering the supplies, you're doing everything. Um, you're not even sure where the vision is. You're juggling a lot of things. All you're doing is filling orders. You're fulfilling orders. And um, one, or two, one of a few things is happening. Either you want to grow and you can't grow anymore. Because you've got you're doing too many things. Your your energy potential is at its maximum. Yes. You can't talk to any more customers, um, or you're you're losing sight of what you wanted to do. Like I just really wanted to do this, and now I've got a lot of headaches. So now you're in the expansion stage of the business, which is a time where you've got basically um, he says four decisions to make. Okay. Okay. So the first one is is the example you took. Just get small again. Listen, this was supposed to be retirement. It's not supposed to be 80 hours a week. It's supposed to be 30 or less. Yes. Which is fine. Do that. That that that's great if that's yeah. your goal in getting into the business and it is for a lot of people. Yeah. So so then great, get small again. So just say this is the max I'm going to do. You know, and and whether that means Adjusting your pricing to automatically make that happen. Right, which is the best way. That's the way I like to do <laughs> yeah. it. Just raise your pricing until so you lose the right amount of customers. And the ones that stay are more profitable. Yeah, and, and that's a great way to do it. Um, or not attending as many events. There's a lot of ways sure, to stay Sure, stop small. marketing. Yeah. yeah, so so that's good. Another one is um, what he refers to as go for broke. Which means just continue working harder and harder and harder until you get enough money where you can make a major change. He, he should he should have said go for stroke. Yeah, I think that's really what he's what he's angling for. So um, you get enough cash to either hire people or get more equipment or or get bigger space or all of the above. Um, so that's one way to do it. Which right. uh, just you know you're pushing through that. Um, another one is to hang in there. Which is, um, I think that's my least favorite of them. Right. That, that literally. Because so you're just kind of burying it until something happens. Until something happens. Like, you don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> just somehow order will come from chaos. Yeah. So if, if, I work 60 hours, 70 hours a week uh, printing shirts on my direct garment printer. 
I think I'll just keep doing that. Yeah. And, and just, yeah, and that's it. Um, so, so you get, fr- you know, it's a frustrating stage to go through, but sometimes magic comes out of it. So some people just choose to do that. Right. Um, and then the last is to move the business into maturity. Yes. So, and that's where it sounds complicated, but it's really just a matter of changing from that 10, 20, 70 to a true mix of all three. Creating a vision, you know, and making a plan. And, and it, it's really how you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And how you move into maturity and how easy it is or how painful it is um, really depends on what we're going to talk about next, which is kind of the the turnkey system, the turnkey approach to creating a business plan. Mm-hmm. So, and, and in other words that he puts it is that you can take this business and you could almost sell it as a franchise. Right. That this business is not me, the technician, but it's a business. It's a model. It's a system. It's a series of systems that can be replicated. So instead of saying that, okay, I'm going to start my custom t-shirt business and I'm going to get a director garment printer and I'm going to do the artwork and I'm going to take customer provided artwork. I'm going to make some cool t-shirts and put them online, and I'm going to sell them to local businesses. That that's not really a business plan. The franchise system takes it takes it much farther than that. And the first step is to kind of break down what you're going to have to do, like it was a business. I mean, think about think about going into a business like a McDonald's, and how. One of the biggest and most profitable corporations in history is basically staffed by 16 to 21-year-old kids in high school working the front counter all over the world. And it's not because they're individually awesome people at this job, they may be or not, but it's because somebody has a system for getting them trained. Somebody has a system on making a hamburger specifically this way every time which is why you can walk into any McDonald's in the world, almost, and basically get the same get the same taste, get the same product every single time. Yeah, and, and it's because if you... So, well, how hard is making a hamburger, right? Somebody might say that, but if you were to just take just a 10-year-old kid or yes. somebody who's never touched meat or a kitchen ever, you know, somebody from an island with only vegetables. Right. Um, I think and, my wife is from that. Yeah. <laughs> and you get, and then you say, make a hamburger. It's really hard. Right. There's a lot of involvement to it. You know, there's a, well, how do you know, how do you put the meat together? What temperature yeah. are you cooking at? However, so, so it is in, in, a, in one way, it's, it's a highly skilled thing to do. However, in another way, if you break it down where it's like, this is the patty. This is how thick it is. It's formed this way. It goes 12 seconds on this side. This is how much know. lettuce to use. Yeah, and, and now you've you put this into a system. Then you can take a 10-year-old kid or somebody from an island and put them there, and you say, here are the instructions. One, two, three, four, five. Do this. Do that, and then, and then that's it. You could put anybody in there, and they can make a... Uh, well, I'm going to say a delicious hamburger. But right. That's... No, you'd be lying. Um, so let's let's take that because we just kind of did the same thing. We, we focused on the technician in the business, the mm-hmm. one that's actually doing something where there are equal processes to all three. So, for example, if you were to treat your the technical part of your business of 
using a DTG printer to produce a T-shirt, for example. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing that you would need to do, according to the franchise system, is break it down into steps because you're going to need a job description for each person into your organization. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the technician that may replace you one day. This is their job description. And in producing a good quality direct-to-garment print, there's going to be the, what stages? There's the artwork. Mm -hmm. There's doing a customer preview. There's printing a test shirt. There's pre-treating the shirt, curing the shirt, folding the shirt, packing the order, and shipping the order. Essentially, we, we could order shirts in there, too. Yeah, you, you start you want, with ordering shirts. You, when, you, when you do these steps, you want to write them all down. And then, um, it, this reminds me, actually, of a of an experiment that I'd done many times in university classes where they would give a, a task, and then, and then we would have to write down all of the steps. Right. And then, I'm sure you've done, like, yep. the typical yep. one is the peanut butter jelly sandwich one. Yeah, That's the typical one yes. that I've seen a lot. So they say, tell somebody how to, and actually, this could be just a fun exercise to do on your own. If you really want to get good at this, and you have to have, you have to play with somebody who's uh, a pain in your neck. All right, somebody who's going to purposefully try to mess with you, and write down instructions on how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Tell them to follow it exactly. Right. And you're going to say, um, get bread. Right, and they're just going to take a loaf. All right, now put peanut butter on it, and they spread peanut butter on top of the entire. That's loaf. That's right. You know, That's right. No, you have to undo the twisty tie yeah, by twisting it counterclockwise. Take the slices out. Yeah, you have to break and, down that. Break yeah. down the steps. So break down the steps of the printing as much as you can. So it's not only create the artwork, but it's maybe you're talking about is it going on a light or dark shirt. Well, let, let's you know. let's start it. Let's start at the top. Maybe okay. we need to reframe yeah. this. Let's, so, let's do it. if you take any business, what are the basic business activities that have to take place? So, most businesses have somebody that fills the orders. That's kind of what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. They've got someone that handles the books. Mm -hmm. They've got someone that, and that includes invoicing and things like that. They've got someone that handles sales, which is taking orders or prospecting for orders. They've got someone that handles marketing, which is creating a website, producing brochures, sample shirts, things like that. They've got somebody that handles shipping and receiving. Um, who am I leaving out? Fulfillment, I guess, or I guess that's part of yep, it. Yep, that, that's part of it. So basically, I just named off five or six different jobs that are in any business. Mm -hmm. So the, the fundamental idea is write a job description for each one of those. And then if it's just you and a detailed job description, just like Mark was saying, break down that technician process. Break down the accounting process and what has to be done and when it has to be done. Um, break down the ordering process and how often you're going to check to see if you need stock and when you're going to place your orders and who you're going to buy from and what shipping company that you're going to use and what you expect those expenses to be. Break all that stuff down and put them into individual job descriptions and then you're going to hand out those job descriptions to whoever's in the room. If it's just me and Mark Vila, then, you know, I'm going to hand him maybe the, the marketing mm -hmm. job description, and I'll take the logistics job description, and then I'll hand him the accounting job description. And so this, in this way, when you're ready to grow, when you're ready to, you have this franchise concept built, even with just job descriptions, when you're ready to grow and you're ready to hire a technician, 
or a salesperson, you basically have the folder of what they do. Yeah. And you hand it to them and say, here. So you're not at that point where you're so busy that, oh, my God, I can't hire anybody because I would have to stop what I'm doing to teach somebody how to use a ProSpangle machine. Yeah. You know, or I, mm-hmm. I can't do that because nobody knows the way I drive to the post office to ship my stuff. You know, you've got all that stuff ready, so you know what you're supposed to do. Your partner or partners know what they're supposed to do. When you're ready to grow, hand that box, that piece of paper to somebody new. Oh, and I know what I've thought before and what plenty of people think when they read and hear that type of things. It's yeah. like, well, this business is really just going to be me. So I don't have to do any of that because I'm not ever going to have that and I don't plan to and that's fine. And I would say then it it's almost more important you do it then because you have to be that much more organized right. to handle all of those things. Are you going to remember you I have a gentleman that I've used um, for doing all types of programming projects mm-hmm. freelance in the past. And I can't tell you how many times I have to remind him to invoice me. Yes, that's crazy. Because he's a technician, and he's not he's not all three. He's 99% technician. And, and he likes doing the work. He probably likes oh, doing yeah. the work. He, he li- and he's good, yeah. you know, and he's just, he gets excited about new projects. And it's, it's almost not even about the money, you know. Um, it is about the money because he's making a living. Yeah. But, he's, but the goal is not to get rich. The goal is because he likes doing it, which is why a lot of people start these businesses. I want to make a whole bunch of money. But I just really like doing it. Yeah. So part of what you need to do is write that all these things down so you remember to do them every time. You do them correctly. And you don't give your... Because what you don't want is a headache. I, I personally forgot to fill out my t- sales tax monthly sales tax forms at least three times a year for four years in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I, I, I never really did the accounting part of the job description. To say these are the things that need to be accomplished. And it's not only, even if you are going to be, as Mark said, just the one-person shop in your house, uh, do you never want to take a vacation? You know, do you Mm -hmm. never want to go, do you plan on never being sick or having to go take care of a friend or, you know, travel around the world or, or enjoy some of the money that you're making from this business that you've developed? If you, if you do want to take a vacation and you have this job description and everything, down pat, then it's conceivable that you could hand it to somebody and they could hold down the fort while you're gone. So uh, it, then I think that that moves right into, you know, how do you make it into a turnkey or a franchise type of business? You okay. know, what are some steps? But that it, I highlighted a quote that I had read from Michael Gerber. And this one's not too long, but I really like this. It's, the problem with most failing businesses I've encountered is not that their owners don't know enough about finance and marketing and management and operations. Uh, They don't. (laughs) Um, But those things are easy enough to learn. Um, But they spend their time and energy defending what they think they know. The greatest business people I've ever met are determined to get it right no matter what the cost. So it's kind of, it's that digging your heels in on the business. And, and I think that's like, well, I don't have to write all those things down. I know this, I know that, you know, um, when 
when you start writing all those things down, then you're going to get to, say, the accounting portion of it. And yeah. you're like, I have no clue how to work Microsoft Excel. Right. I don't know anything about accounting software. QuickBooks, nothing. If you're going to be the most successful person, you're going to see that. You're not going to dig your heels in because you're an expert technician. You're going to say, I know nothing about accounting software. Um, I need to learn a little bit about that. And like he said, um, those things are easy enough to learn. Everything right. that you need to run a business is easy enough to learn. Not yeah. that you're going to be, you don't need to be an expert at everything, but you need to learn all those things and be able to function. Agreed. And that, that would be a good spot where even if you did, for example, um, think you knew everything about bookkeeping and, and accounting, which you, you probably don't. You know, you would at least write that job description for the accountant or for the bookkeeper. You would write that job description, and even if you don't do it yourself, you'll have a written list of things that you want someone else to do. So you can outsource your bookkeeping or outsource your accounting with confidence mm -hmm. because you know a little bit about it. You know enough about it, and you know what you need to have done to, uh, to, to start being the manager and not the technician in that case. And, and what's great about that is this is, I don't know if, if he writes anything about this, but I think this is just an overall great strategy anytime you need to, to hire somebody to do some work for you, is if you have a description written down for what you want the bookkeeping to be, for example, and you go to, say, a CPA or some sort of accounting agency, you, you've got two things. You could walk in there and say, here's my business card. I don't know anything about any of this money stuff, uh, I'm not doing well with it, help me, right? Yes. And now you're up to them making all those decisions for you. You're hoping they're not a shark. Yeah, and, and you're hoping that they're good. But if you go in there and you say, I've written down a plan of everything I feel that needs to be done that I want to accomplish for my business, here you go. And then now this bookkeeper can look at it and they could say, I can do all these things. Or they might say, oh, have you thought about, and they might add a couple things to the line. Now you know everything that they're going to do. Absolutely. You're not at their, the business is still in your control. Right. And it's the same thing, you know, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to that franchise idea and, and, the, and the job descriptions, you know, just to round out the franchise idea. The idea is once you're done with all of these, all of these job descriptions, and mentally I'm picturing them in folders. Okay. One that says bookkeeper, one that says, you know, uh, DTG printer, one that says receiving and all that, that you put them all in a file box and you could hand them to anyone in another part of the country. And this is their franchise system. You know, they know what their website's going to look like. They know how, how they're going to contact customers. They know how many salespeople they need. They know what the salespeople are going to say. They know how to fulfill orders. They know how to ship orders. They know what to do if there's going to be a problem. They know, you know, the bookkeeping. They've got all that you know, in, in that box. And as you, as you grow and as you find these other needs, uh, you know, you, you may realize that you don't know as much about particular areas as you think you do, you know, which kind of goes back to the digging in your heels idea. Yeah. And we get that all the time on the te technician side, and we'd like you to avoid that as much as possible on that side, as well as, you know, on the on the bookkeeping and accounting and taxes and shipping and receiving. And yeah, and uh, you know, this sounds hard. It does. It sound sounds hard. hard. I think it is hard. It is hard, but I think it's not. It, it's hard and not hard at the same time. And then, and if you break so that's it, that's squishy. Down, that's kind yeah, of gel-like. Sockwood. Sockwood. Okay. I believe that was a Wendy's. It's like an insole kind of kind of. Yeah, thing. Okay, I think that I was see. a Wendy's commercial of what a frosty is. Okay. Yeah, I like yeah, that. yeah. If anyone remembers that. I'm sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so he has some steps 
that you that you need to do. And and the first thing that he says, the for the most important step, is having a primary aim is what he refers to it, at, or a personal goal. And it literally is a personal goal that goes around your business. So the primary aim needs to be, what do you want to do? Just write that down first. So it's, do you want to work from home? Do you want to have a million dollars? Uh, you know, do you want to have a, a certain number of employees? And, it's like, and what, what do you want fun? your what do you want your life to look like? Yeah, what do you want your life to look like? I, I, and it might be, I want to have a sports apparel shop, and I want to be able to go there. You know, and I don't. I wouldn't even mind being there a, a whole bunch of hours because all day I'm going to talk to people about sports apparel and sports, and we're going to have TVs up on the wall every Sunday with games. Yeah. You know, and or, or it could be, you know, I want to I want to roll out of bed at nine a.m. in my bunny slippers, never change out of my pajamas, and just go run my embroidery machine all day and have enough to pay the rent. Yeah, and and, and that's in, absolutely fine. I have yeah. no I have no problem with that. Yeah, so write that down. What so because you need to marry the your primary goal, the primary aim of your business with your personal goal cuz he says if you don't write that down, if you don't come up with what that is and make sure you're focusing on that, it's going to get out of control right. and your business is going to fail because you're finding that you're no longer waking up at at 9 a.m. with your slippers still on, but you're waking up at 7 a.m. after going to bed at 3 a.m. and now you're not happy. Right. And you're going to give up or, or whatever might happen. Or it could, you know, shortcut your, your road to success, you know, where you're, you, you realize it on a daily basis. If in the end you want to have an international T-shirt brand mm-hmm. with your face on the front, you know, if every day you are going out and, and trying to get small custom jobs or you're still in your fuzzy slippers at noon or... You know, you, you have no idea where you're going to get the capital, you know, to, to do any of this stuff. If if you're not, it, it helps you work every day. Yeah. Make sure the, to align your activities on a daily basis with what you want your goal to be, or else you'll end up where you don't want to be. Yeah, you have to, you have a vision of how you want your life and your business to develop. Right. Over time. So just write that, and it could be just, it doesn't have to be terribly formal. This is for you. Yes. Um, and then you need to have an objective of how, of what that means. So what what are some things that you're going to be able to measure to ensure that you have that success? What do you need to do to get there? Kind yeah, of, kind and, of and so in order for me to be able to stay at home, um, or in order for me to be able to open up that shop, um, I'm going to need to have this much money a month. I'm going to need I'm gonna need to create this much money. I'm going to need to do. This all this prepare work. So if it's just staying at home, it might be easy. It's just like I do, I need to make five thousand dollars a month. Yes. And and so that's what my goal. How do I do that? How do how do I do and how do I do that? Yeah. So then from that. Yeah. And, and how do I do that? So so the the first thing is just to create the objective. So mm-hmm. the objective is might just be I just need to make five thousand dollars a month. That's my main objective. Um, so then it's how are you going to get there? And that's where you start creating the your organization strategy. So, and that's where um, you talk about all the jobs. Okay. So that is that's the next step. And that, according to you know, Mr. Gerber, and how he would write it. So he would say, I wonder, yeah. I wonder if he's a baby food guy. Um, I, I, it's possible. It's possible. I doubt it, though. I just said that to throw you off. Your yeah. Head. What were you going to say about <laughs> organization? No, so you just put together your chart. So okay. you say like. 
this is what the accounting is, and you write down all the job uh, descriptions. Okay, I get it. I get yeah, that. so so that's the next step. So you've is, got like an org chart, like it's a real business. Like it's a real organizational yeah. chart. And you organize it because at some point in time, if you truly want to be able to stay in in your boxers and slippers, right. you know, or your robe all day, eventually one of those jobs is going to have to go away from you. Because making $5,000 a month um, doing embroidery from your home means that at at some point in time, you're gonna probably gonna have to get dressed and leave. Um, I mean, there's there's always to do a sales call. Yeah, you know, yeah. even if it's just for a sales call. Yeah, it might be a sales call or whatever it is. So then you could say, well, one of the jobs is sales calls, and I really don't want to do that a lot. I don't want to do that forever because that's not what I like to do. I want to do the I want to do the bunny slipper embroidery yeah. part. So then you have to write that sales job and how it's organized, and then so eventually. You can turn around and you can and you can get somebody to do that for you. So you and and that I mean, there's so many cool ideas, a way to do that. But you run into somebody who sells stuff, and you say, "I sell. If you sell this to me, I'll give you this amount of money." Right. Uh, the reason you know that is because you wrote down all of your prices and you wrote down how much money you make and how here's much. Ex- here's exactly what I want you to do. And yeah. Here's so, the job description. So that's why you have the job description. The next step is going to be uh, management strategy. So, you know, we've kind of talked about your aim and your objective and your organization by making out those, uh, those, that org chart and filling mm-hmm. in job descriptions and things like that. For, for management, it's going, to be, it's going to be the same thing. You're really just going to try to figure out the processes involved in, in your business and how you're going to handle those on a management level. And then... And then it uh, talks about the people strategy, and that is is creating an environment and creating a plan where it's all about just people wanting to fulfill their responsibilities, knowing what their job is so they can do it. And that is really part, it's all ties down to writing that stuff down, so you're not going to do the sales stuff, or you don't want to for the in the long run, so you write down a really good description about what you are going to promise customers and what you're going to do. And then when you try to find the person to do that, you say, this is exactly what it is. Right. You know, we, we're going to provide this service. And, and really, it, it's important, and it's probably something that's more for people that are already in business or you envision having that big business, that, that big franchise model business in the future, is he, he wrote down three concepts related to people strategy and that is the number one thing is that customers should always be made to feel they're right mm-hmm. um, which I don't, I don't always agree with uh, but we, we strive to make them feel as right as possible that employees should act like they're the best and that growth comes by developing new skills so as you think about the people that you're going to hire in the future as you think about you know the, the growth of your business make sure that you keep in mind how you, that, that people include your customers and how you, would we be wanted, how you would want to be treated as both a customer and an employee. Yeah, yeah, I actually, that's, I actually like that a lot. Thanks very much, yeah, I appreciate that, awesome. that. All right, so next is the, uh, the marketing strategy. Right. Okay, so in the marketing strategy talks about that forget about your vision and focus on the customer. Right. What does the customer want? Why does the customer want to do business with you? Yeah, and, and who is the customer? Right. So we've talked about this a whole bunch in a lot of different ways, but if you're going to sell to, if you're going to do uh, bling 
and it's specifically going to focus on the cheerleading, you know, demo that's going to be, you know, cheer mom bling, you know, something like that. Then if that's going to be your business focus, then it's like, who's the demographic? What are their ages? Where do they go? What do they do? What's going to make them happy? You know, and focus on all those things. Write all that down. Write, keep writing things down. Um, and make sure that everything is going that you've just written down before is all going to fall into that. It's all aligned. It's all properly. aligned. I really properly. like that. So, so I have to I have to break in and give you a great example of okay. Goldessie and Coleman and Company doing that. All right, let's do it. I and wanna, that's I when know. That, it's it's the it's the CAS podcast. I mean, you guys out there in in podcast land, you are all customers or potential customers of ours. And part of our marketing strategy is to help people start businesses and get excited about starting an apparel decorating business. And part two of that is to make sure that they stay in business so they can buy more stuff from us. Yeah. And that's why we're doing a podcast. So that's a great example of a marketing strategy to reach a demographic of people who are entrepreneurs that might be interested in the custom t-shirt or apparel business that might want to listen to two people named Mark yammer on for hours <laughs> at a time about what they should be doing. Well, that's and that's what that's what I think we've tried to do in this is we we have a goal. You know, obviously our goal is to get the business started and keep them successful so they can so they can buy supplies and keep us in business. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, your success is our success. But in doing that, we needed to forget about the goal of selling supplies um, and start thinking about what our customer wants is to be successful and do well, which is going to sell supplies. And, and what can we do to facilitate that yeah. and make sure we meet you where you are, our customer as a marketing strategy, you know, as opposed to digging in our heels and saying, well, I make the best vinyl t-shirts in the world. You know, all I have to do is sit here. You should definitely buy one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's that's just the key to everything is to think about your customer and how are these, like, using that, the cheerleading, you know, what are all the things that they really want? And then how can I deliver that, which is going to then, how am I going to deliver that, which is going to make me money, which is go, or, or which is going to allow me to reach the very first thing that you wrote down? Just yes. to be able to stay at home in my, in my flip-flops um, is because I've found some, some way to market to this customer. I know what they want, yeah. and then I'm going to deliver that to them, which is going to achieve my primary goal. And really, in, in a perfect situation, the cheer moms are really happy with everything that they've bought, and they're happy to give you their money and their time, and you're really happy because it helped you achieve your goal. Yes. Uh, and the last thing then in making sure all this comes together is to break down um, all of these systems. And he says, break it down into three things, the hard systems. So what do you need? You need a, um, a Spangle machine or a rhinestone machine or a DTG printer. You need space to use it, computers. Write down all the things you need. Yes. Um, and you will need in order to grow. So if you have other goals and you say, well, I want to have you know, this big sports store, write down, well, I need a, a place to rent out and, you know, all these other things. So and you're write gonna it need, all down. You're going to need the cash for a deposit, yeah. you know, on your retail space. You're going to need to build it out. You're going to need, uh, 
counter space and display yeah. space and a sign and you know everything a sticker to put on the window when you're open you know? right um so you know you could write down all these things then there's the soft system which is a lot of what you've hopefully written down by now so the um what the people what the what the job descriptions are what are the procedures we talked about that dtg procedure what are the procedures so you need to have all that stuff written down and then um the information system, and that basically just means how does this all tie together? Yes, and also I'd say for information systems, you know, look for look for our last podcast on uh, keeping keeping track of customers episode uh, yeah episode fourteen because that's going to be an important part of your success in the long run. Well. So so I one of the closing things that I had read a big long excerpt um, from Michael Gerber on this, but what he talked about was. That the people who are successful and do well, they find what their aim is, and then they find what the business is. So they, what do they want to do? What does their business do? Um, and then they figure out a way to merge these things together where your business is your aim. Your business is your goal, and your goal is your business. Um, you are happy to run your business, right? Basically, is a is a really simple way to put it. You're doing things that are making you happy. You are heading towards goals, and you're not in that structure where you are frustrated. You're not working sixty hours a week trying to make sure that you get this one last embroidery job done. Yeah, you're not pushing away customers when you actually want to want to acquire more customers. You're not. Moving into a retail space because you feel like you have to when what you really want to do is take the bunny slipper method and, and stay at home. So I think I think we've we've come kind of full circle here. Yeah. And with working on your business and not in your business is the idea that you are gonna spend time growing your business or making your business work better or the way you want it to or fit better with your life as opposed to just printing t-shirts, embroidering t-shirts, making bling t-shirts all day without thinking about the bigger picture. Yeah, and it's, you should, you know, I, I, I'm always a fan of just diving and jumping into things. You know, I like it. It's fun. You know, it's fun to dive right in. But you've got to pause every once in a while and, and step back and write some things down and figure out new ways to organize. And, um, you know, if, if you don't like something in your business that you do, if you, there's something you really hate doing and that really bothers you, then write, write down what it is, everything that comes, what bothers you about it. Yes. You know, maybe it's just because, you know, you working behind a computer screen on an Excel sheet is really annoying to you and you hate the bookkeeping part. Right. Well, write that all down and, and, and then figure out a goal of how you can outsource that to somebody else. And I then like you it. stop doing that. Well, here's my, here's my challenge to the group. Okay. My challenge to the group is I have gone through this, this franchise concept a couple of times with different business ideas. I found it to be universally helpful whether or not I end up just doing the business myself or bringing in other people. And that's that franchise concept. concept. Do, you, do an organizational chart of all the different jobs in your business. Do that organizational chart write a job description for each one, and, um, and send it to us. Because I would really like to see, first of all, if any of you out there do this, and how well you do it, and I'd also like to see if there's any place that we might be able to help with that. 
especially in the so hardware, software systems, and in the um, in the marketing parts. And, and I'll say another thing about that is um, a lot of times when I do these things, um, it doesn't always have to be extremely formal in these eloquent sentences. Yeah. It can also just be um, just a little checklist of things and try to put as many things in that checklist. Oh, yeah. So it's just art creation, you know, and then the art creation is, you know, making sure that it's the right, um, you know, resolution and DPI and making like sure it's for light shirts and dark shirts. So the, um, the, the org chart and the job description is really a to-do list for each type. Yeah, it could be like a to-do list. That's great. And, and then if you, and I then, in addition to that, I, I do like having a summary sentence or two. So the way I would write it, would, and this is just me, yep. is that I would say, you know, um, job is art creation. Okay, goal. What's the goal? What is really the goal of the job? The goal of the job is to create artwork that's good enough to print on a DGG printer. You know, it doesn't have to be an eloquent sentence. Right. You know, um, you need to create artwork that will print good on a DGG printer. That's a, like a simple, short way to put yes. it. Then how do you, what are the different things you have to do? And you write down a nice list of things. And they don't have to always be exact in the beginning. You can just you don't have to put 300 DPI. You can just say resolution and DPI, check. You know, yeah. color mode, check. You know, And then you go into your next thing, you know, which is pre-treating the shirts. I like and, that. And I like so, that. So I think, you know, writing all that stuff down and then if you want to, and, and yeah, send that stuff over to us um, and, you know, caspodcast.com. Host at caspodcast.com. And that's the email, that's host the email. at caspodcast.com. And uh, join us on any discussion about this on our Facebook group. We always like to talk about that. Custom Apparel Startups. Uh, spell that all out on Facebook. It is a great place. We're up to 14 million members. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really... It's That's really, grown by it's, like a million times. It's, got, it's getting yeah. big. It's not quite that big, but but we do have a lot of great people on there exchanging ideas, and it's a great place to learn. And and please, you know, uh, if you've got... If you if you liked this podcast and you haven't listened to some others, um, we just did one on tripping over pennies. That was great. Yeah, which was a really cool concept because I just ran into that again yesterday. I run into okay. it hey, basically every day. Okay. But, you know, we get into these customers um, and these these business owners that are constantly trying to figure out things that don't matter. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, honestly, and I, I really like the spaghetti sauce and apparel decorating. Yeah. And I'm not going to say anything about that. You guys just have to listen to it. And yeah. Out that, was, that was cool. So. All thank right. You. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in to episode 15, 15. of the Custom Apparel Startups uh, podcast. This has been Mark Stevenson from Cold Essie. And I'm Mark Vila from Coleman & Company. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys.